Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Reach out and help other people and support other people and give your time. If you're starting at the bottom and feeling that things haven't been right, go and support other people and offer your services. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode of Mindset Monday, we're chatting with property and life coach Jill McIntyre. We'll delve into the topic of beyond the loss, whether it be the loss of a loved one or maybe a loss that you've had in your property journey. Jill provides us with some strategies on how to overcome this and get into a frame of mind where you're able to move forward. Jill McIntyre is not only a property coach but a life coach as well. McIntyre herself has been through her own struggles which is why she's the perfect person to talk about the topic of beyond the loss. McIntyre delves into her own personal losses and the emotions behind these. I think from my point of view, my losses probably have been very, very varied with my husband dying, with uh, going into a franchise business and losing that. And and then the big one, when I started to get into property developing and I was so green and so naive, um, I had uh, money in my home and I uh, sold my home. Uh, then I connected with a very good gift of the gab guy um, who... Yep, I trusted and uh, got into three deals with him that were all duds and lost the <laughs> remainder of everything that I had in, in that situation. And I think um, what's really uh, brought this to a head where so many of my clients over time and even of recent times, there's been a, a situation that has come to light, I suppose you could say, of a property loss or a potential loss where we automatically as human beings go back to the period where we lost something, where the same emotions are evoked and provoked by the trigger that comes and how do we get over those losses? I think the other day, Tyron, when you and I were talking uh, together, I said about um, how do we get over loss and you started to laugh and said, I think I could put my hand up there. And so many of us are in that situation. It doesn't matter uh, whether we're just a beginner or whether we're an established investor, investor or could be in business or could be in share trading. If you have a hit on any level, how do you get over it? It's a big one. And it really brings up some emotions. After going through a loss, it is normal to feel sad or angry. But McIntyre explains what is so important to be able to change your mindset in a positive way. I think it's very, very important. If we don't um, look at what is behind virtually the feeling of loss, is it anger, sadness, frustration, um, shame? could be another one, is it loss of self-worth? Is it the feeling of, I've lost all of this money, I'll never be able to make it again? Is it because you live with a partner that will never let you forget it on a daily basis? 
And so it is a constant sore, and I call it a festering sore. And with the festering sore, we might be able to forget about it for a little bit at the time, but it keeps on coming back every time that same emotion is is uh, brought up. So this is why it's very, very important that we look at our emotions. If you've had a loss, what emotions are you feeling? And it's not the blame game. It's not he said, she said, because that takes you nowhere. It's going into your inner soul in as far as you can. I call it peeling of the onions. To go down and really look at what emotion is coming up for you. Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you frustrated? Do you feel guilty? What's coming up for you? And you've got to explore those emotions. This is when, once you do, the further on you go and the more that you can express that feeling, that's when your healing will start to overcome that situation for you to be able to move on. It doesn't ever mean that you're going to forget about the situation, but it's about you learning to handle the situation or any similar feelings that would be coming from other situations that might uh, bring up that same emotion. McIntyre provides us with more detail on the deal where she suffered a significant loss and how there are certain types of personalities that can react differently to various situations. It's funny because for me, it was just the icing on the cake. Because as I mentioned earlier, I've lost my husband, lost my business through no fault of my own and things like that. And trusting. And since looking um, on from where I am now, as a coach, I do so much as we've talked earlier and different times on personality profiling. And everyone manages loss differently, obviously. And it depends a lot can or can be very instrumental on where we're coming from from the personality type. If you're a very um, analytical person, you will then, it could leave you, if you've had a massive loss, it could leave you that you are repeatedly, repeatedly going over and over the numbers to make it work. You are asking more questions. If I was talking to a non-analytical person or fundraising, say asking for money in a fundraising deal that I was doing, if they weren't an analytical person, they would probably ask me about three, four questions. I could bet my bottom dollar if they're heavily analytical and they've had a major loss, I would be up to 50 questions. And the 50 questions would get to the point of absolutely ridiculous. In saying that, there's another personality type that very much is um, get up and go, like the Richard Branson type. And of course, they can move on very, very quickly. But we've got to also be aware that that type of personality is very visionary as they move on, but they don't, um, or they're not good at the groundwork. So if you're going to go in with someone that's like a Richard Branson, or if you do have that Richard Branson type of personality, it is so important that you build a team around you to help and support you at, at the um, yeah the nitty gritty stuff, I suppose we can say about doing the feasibilities, doing the research, checking the properties, knowing supply and demand, all of the things that we know that are good indicators in uh, deciding on whether the deal is worthwhile or not. And 
one of the other personality types is very much about if they're a, a quieter person, they're very in any situation. This is the largest um, population within this area comes under that. They then devote all of their time in helping and supporting other people. And they will put all of their energies and expertise into helping other people, Tyron. Because what happens is they help other people with their deals and they're successful and making money because it then takes the spotlight off them and it, it also keeps them safe from getting into a, a deal themselves. So there's there's virtually four main profiles that I work with. And the last one is the person who is a people person. And a people person is very much where I fitted into all of those years ago, where I trusted someone uh, because he had, uh, you know, virtually was very exciting to work with, that had good visionary skills, all of the gift of the gab type things. And I wasn't uh, confident enough back then to know what questions to ask him, let alone feel, did I have the right to question him? And, of course, we do. It's as simple as that. So, you know, where do you all fit in with those four personality types? Because it, it greatly affects how we get over our loss, but also how we move forward and how we go into future deals as we're building teams. McIntyre listed four different personality types and how each have their own reaction to loss. But is it possible that one person can align with more than just one type? You might have three and even that's very rare, um, but usually you might have um, two of them. You could have a single one or you could have two of them that would be side by side. So, um, but in, in because I can delve down further into the personality type, what you, you know, where you come into the, the actual range, I can see how you are or how other people perceive you. I can also check out any learnt behaviour that you've had. I can check out on how you cope under pressure and I can also check out on how you perceive yourself. And in some of these areas, Tyron, they could be very, very different. It's not a, a lay-down mazir across the board that you're, you know, just fit into one spectrum. You might be really gung-ho in how other people perceive you. Um, this might be a learnt behaviour because through necessity or desire, you've really had to get out of your comfort zone, learn skills. But then when it comes down to a personal personal situation, if the pressure's on, you'll move to the back of the room um, because that's who you were years ago and you will revert back. And this is where your feelings and emotions come up because that's where you felt that, um, you know, that, that's your place in life when in actual fact it's not. But we've got to acknowledge who we are. We've got to look deeper into just taking ourselves for granted. If we can find out more about what our patterning is, um, do you think it's helped to moving forward? The hardest part for someone who has gone through a major loss is actually realising that they need to change their mindset in order to overcome it. Leading up to these, you know, my property loss, 
I'd had a bit of practice from when my husband died and I was 39 and with two young children. And that was, I got to the stage after he died where I was sole breadwinner. There certainly wasn't the money or handouts on any level uh, from the government other than about $27 a fortnight for child endowment. There was nothing else at all for a single parent. And so I got to the point where there was a lot of trauma, there was a lot of drama around that on many levels. But I got to the point where I had to learn was, or ask myself, was I going to sink or was I going to swim? And that was really a turning point in where I was going to move forward. Moments in a person's past can impact their future and McIntyre gives us an example of how repressed emotion can be triggered. It could be any any emotion. It could be if you were bullied in, the, in say, at school, and then you have a massive uh, loss because you're with a very um, Richard Branson type personality. And I don't mean that he's, you know, hard by any neck of the woods, but there's a lot of people that are very controlling with that personality. You would automatically go back into what it felt like to be bullied in the playground because that person would be all-consuming over you if that makes sense. They would be controlling you in your mind. And we must remember that our mind plays the biggest part in any in anything we do, our success in moving forward. You might be into share trading, you might be into business, you might be into property developing. All of those are vehicles. What is the core of what really makes us a success and and abundant in mindset, in money, in real growth, in in how you feel, how you perform on a daily basis. It all comes down to what's between your ears. And we've got to keep on feeding uh, our mindset. There's a I quite often put um, a similarity to we put petrol in our car, Tyron, and that's to make it run. It's an automatic big thing. You might do it every three days or something and oh, I've got to do it again and you do it until the red light, you feel that you haven't got much more left in there. We do it because we know we want to get from A to B continually and it's got to be reliable. Why don't we do the same with our thinking? Why don't we with our positive thinking? Not our negative, our positive thinking. We've got to keep on feeding and topping our, our mindset up to keep us at optimum, um, an optimum point of, yes, I've really focused, I'm directional, I've got good time management, I'm working on a game plan, this sort of thing. And uh, there's a lot of material out there that you can do it that's free online uh, or... Uh, you know, gurus that just give you positive mindset thinking things. You don't have to pay money for those that are uh, thinking, in, um, how much is this going to cost me? It's free. A lot of it's free. And buddying up with the right people who are in the same mindset to help and support you is very, very important too. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into our topic beyond the loss with Jill McIntyre and the difficulty of breaking the shackles after a loss. This is where you've got to start to get out of your comfort zone and ask questions. 
we don't quite often ask the right questions because we don't know what questions to ask. What McIntyre is always telling herself to say? There's no such thing as victims, there's only volunteers. And when I, I used to say that to myself so many times. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. There comes a point in which you finally make the decision to move on from your loss. And we find out the question McIntyre posed to herself to help her out of her negative mindset. I knew that I wasn't going to give up. I had two children to to look after, a roof to keep over our head. I had to get out and earn more money and this is why I looked at getting into other areas of making money and and property was eventually the one that, um, you know, gave me the answers and certainly something that I've grown into and I'm very passionate about. But... How you get over something, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to move forward with this or are you going to stay in your space, which is really quite debilitating? And ego, our ego, you mightn't be an egotistical person, but our ego works very, very hard on us. And if you come up with a positive outcome that you want to move forward in property, this is my plan, I'm going to go back on all of the um, strategies that I've put into place with the deal that I've done and lost money on. I'm going to look at what I could have done differently. Who did I need to bring into the team? Could I have worked on another outcome that could have given me a better situation? Could I have improved on the timing? If you go back and you look at that example, and quite often, for a lot of people, it's too hurtful to go and do it. But if you go and do it and then take what you've learned and the pluses from that loss onto anything else that you're doing, it gives you a, the beginning of a mind shift. And with your mind shift then, you can say, yes, I can think outside the square more. Yes, I can come up with multiple exit strategies. Yes, I need to go to some more networking events and start to really build a support team around me. And so that becomes then your stepping stones to move forward. But you've got to make the decision, are you going to be playing the victim and staying in Um, I've lost all this money, I'll never get it back, things will never be the same, poor me, the blame game. If we stay in that state, it's toxic long term. If we stay in that state, it will affect us physically, mentally and emotionally and certainly there will be something in our body that it eventually will come out and affect because we haven't worked through what's been blocking, stopping us, because what we've been doing mentally is just building the event and the emotion further and further into our uh, psyche on a daily basis. And it's a mountain, or becomes a mountain, that we just can't cross over. So it becomes a real fear. And our fears are something that can totally control us if we allow them to be. This is why... You need to be working on your emotions that will eliminate those fears. So that, that's really, really powerful what you've just shared there and it's, it's really, really practical and it makes sense for me. 
I'm, I can give you an example of one that I've just recently felt, and this is kind of really, really close to me because it's just happened recently, and these wounds are still very, very fresh. Uh, a partner and myself have been involved in a particular deal, and unfortunately, we we were not able to foresee what would happen with this deal. We were promised that we'd be able to get funding for it. Um, we'd have to pay up a certain amount of fees that were for due diligence and valuations. And when we did do that, it we, we were expecting that we would get a, a successful outcome. Unfortunately, they came back completely and just said, look, this deal can't be done. The, the valuation didn't stack up. When we clearly knew that the market would say that the valuation is much higher than what it, they came back with, and when we dug deep and found out that the people that they had um, got to do the valuation were inexperienced and, and quite, um, yeah, unknowledgeable un- about the area, it was just basically they just wanted to just take our money and then run. And th- this is from a private lending institution, and this is the frustration that we had and were angry at the same time. But... You know, in saying that, there's nothing that we could do because in the contract it stated that a lot of these things were non-refundable. So could I have just stood there and just said, look, you know, this is the way it is and and just take it and then move forward and and look at other opportunities? Or I could have just sat there and just swallow it all in and and just continue to devour over it and look at all the negative emotions. And um, taking on what you've shared with us and how we've actually approached this, we're actually looking at different opportunities to make this Firstly, um, successful for all of us as well. Do you think, though, Tyron, out of that event, you've got to look for what came out of it because you would have had a lot of learning out of that event and a lot of good... I'm not talking about the negative stuff, I'm talking about the positive stuff here. You would certainly restructure um, how you would go into other deals very, very differently to the way you went into that one. You would also set up your strategies very differently if you hadn't delved down deep enough to find um, whether the deal was going to be feasible or not. Who do you need to help you here? And where do you go to get those sorts of people? And this is where you've got to start to get out of your comfort zone and ask questions. We don't quite often ask the right questions because we don't know what questions to ask. That has left you that experience with an education of never ever going back there again. But you would set any future deals up very differently and you can turn around and say, I've learnt from that, thank you. Yes, and and that's what I I feel like I've learnt from that is next time I make sure that I don't look at the, the actual price of the valuation and say you know that's what they're charging we need to actually do our own due diligence and say look this is actually the market price of what a valuation should cost we'll charge 10 times higher than what we should have been paying and we that should have made alarm bells to tell us okay that's not what we should have gone um and then at the same time we didn't do enough due diligence behind this this group of people because we trusted the mortgage broker and expecting the mortgage broker was doing the work for us but we can never ever rely on external sources and we always need to do our own research as well too just to make sure that we're 100% comfortable with what we're we're proceeding because at the end of the day that's our responsibility as well too and we're accountable for every decision that we make. When you go into a deal, I always suggest that you find your strengths in a deal if you're going with other people. And your strengths might be one particular thing, but when you're going in and finding joint venture partners, their strengths have to complement yours. But it doesn't mean that you leave the area of expertise totally up 
to them that you're not going to question it. You've got to have a pretty good overview of what questions you need to ask them just as a buffer. So say, for example, I love back of the envelopes, I love negotiating, I love talking to agents, all of that sort of thing. I love finding property. There's no doubts about it and how I would work through that. But if I'm choosing a joint venture partner, I want someone that it is very, very uh, analytical, that is very, very good at doing feasibilities. Does it mean I can't do a feasibility? Yes, I can. Does it mean that I I don't know what other people are putting into a feasibility, whether it be on the money or not? Yes, I do. Because you need to know all avenues, and this one, it comes with experience and it comes with you getting further and further in and listening to other people's real deals, what happened in their situation. I always feel that real deals and listening to other people's experiences, you sit there and while they're sharing, automatically the further on you go as you're listening, you would be thinking in your own mind, I could have done that differently. That's a good lesson to take from that experience. I really feel sorry for them, but this will be something that I'll have my feelers out next time that I'll make sure I won't do. So it's about finding the strengths of other people, but as time goes on, you need to be learning all facets, but you don't need to be physically doing it, but you do have to have the ability to check it or otherwise bring someone else in that you know can check it and, hey, give them a dinner or give them a gift voucher or say thank you very much and do something for them. I totally agree. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, the the cost or the loss is much greater than what you'd spend the time speaking with. <laughs> and we've discovered that in the most recent deal. And I think it only only through experience like this, we can actually see that lesson. And now that we know that and we've experienced that ourselves, we know for the next deal. We need to know how to uh, bottle hindsight. And we'd, I think we'd be uh, absolutely the wealthiest people on earth if we could bottle hindsight. <laughs> absolutely. I like that idea. <laughs> Maybe we need to start to think about that one too. <laughs> Because we can all look back, but when we look back, that that's a good point, you know, that we're just laughing about. But that's a good point because in hindsight, we that can really pull us down. Because if we get into the victim mode, um, and I always say, you've heard me say many times before, there's no such thing as victims, there's only volunteers. And when I, I used to say that to myself so many times over, a, you know, a week, say, early days when I heard that saying, it really hit the chord for, with me. You know, was I playing a victim? Did I have to get out of my own way? Did I want to become a true victim? Because if we do, uh, nothing works. We just go round and round and round in a circle. It's exhausting mentally, physically, and emotionally, and everything else. We've got to get out, and the more, one way is to reach out and help other people, and support other people, and give your time. If you're starting at the bottom, and feeling that things haven't been right, go and support other people, and offer your services, and say, I'm happy to do such and such um, with you in property, if I can come to some opens with you, and have a look at how you appraise the opens. And it's a two-way street where 
you've got to think laterally about how you can get in, how you can learn, but sometimes it means you've got to give some of yourself and give it freely. But you're looking to work with people with integrity that not worry warts, that um, if you were going to go into a deal or if you were getting, say, money from uh, an entity that was a worry wart, you don't want um, to have an email every single day from them, so concerned is the deal going to actually work or not. And it could be the best deal in the world or is my money safe or what's going to happen? These are the sorts of things when you're going in and you're looking for joint venture partners regardless of whether it's someone with sweat equity or money or a skill set that isn't your strong point, always come down and look at the person. Where do they fit in? How are they going to fit into this deal? And this, you've also got to do it with yourself. What's your strengths? Where are you going to fit into a deal? But once you find your strengths, you need to be monetizing it because you could have had a, a big loss like I did and it could have stopped me totally in property. But by turning my mind shift around and looking at that was my problem, now what are the solutions? I turned it around and my solution was to get out and be a sponge for everything that I could in property to learn. That then in turn, as time went on, became my asset and my selling point when I go into to property deals. After hearing all of the fantastic tips and strategies that can help when trying to overcome a loss, McIntyre outlined some action steps that she would recommend. In a quiet space, I would most definitely work on What's been the loss? What's been the emotion that's coming out of it? And I would say the emotions, the further down with your emotions that you um, are happy to go with, it's like peeling an onion. The further down we go, the more raw it gets. And sometimes we don't want to look at those emotions. Sometimes we feel it's just too exhausting. But sooner or later for you to move on, you've got to look at what's really happening because this is where you will start to step over what you've done and start to then at that point be able to open up to solutions. When your your second one that I would do would be most definitely draw a line down the middle of a page and once again in a quiet spot, turn your phone off, no distractions and do this when you've got some space. On the left-hand side of your page, put what the problem is. It'll be short and sweet, probably two lines about losing whatever you've lost and how you are angry type stuff. On the right-hand side is your positive side. You've got to come up with all of the positive solutions and stepping stone outcomes that are going to motivate you and change your thinking to wow. On your right-hand side has to be in the now or in the future because you're starting to visualize. Where am I going? What lays ahead? What can I get excited about? What's going to stoke the fire in my belly? What meetup groups do I need to go to? What do I need to find out? Who's going to keep me accountable? And so you start to name people. You start to identify specifics. What you then do, so your your left-hand side has got probably two lines on it. Your right-hand side, keep this going for a day or so. 
because you'll come back with more inspirations on your right-hand side. And it's these inspirations that will raise your level of consciousness to a higher level of excitement. These are the things that will stoke you up and give you the motivation to move forward. Then the third thing, of course, is to go on from there and do an action plan from those steps that you've just uh, noted. McIntyre provides details on where you can keep in contact with her if you have any other questions you'd like to ask her. And they can just email me on my email address, um, jewel.mcintyre01 at gmail.com. And yep, the door's always open. Uh, just contact me and see if, if uh, you know, I can help you or on what level I can help you. And if we help and support each other, this is what it's all about. The world would be a very different person, you know, situation from where we are. But this is how we go. And sometimes it takes, um, we've got to get out of our own way to make that first um, or take that first step to do something and contact someone else that you don't really know. Thank you to Property and Life Coach Jill McIntyre on this episode of Mindset Monday on Property Investory. If you'd like to buy her upcoming book called Coffees with Jill, simply SMS your email and name to 0499881040 to register your interest. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.